If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's. Hey. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day, y'all. So excited. Well, let's jump right on into the programming. I'm really excited about today. Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone who has joined or tuned in to this live. We're really excited to have a special guest here. Um, please share this live with as many people as possible. We want to make sure that we are spreading the word, that as many people have access to our guests as possible. I'm going to kick it off to Shonda to introduce our special guest. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Chanel. Yes, y'all, today we are having a great conversation about the saints sex and salvation with our girl, Christian psychologist, sexologist, Christian sexologist, Brittany Brodus. Y'all, so share this live with as many people as possible. We want to certainly thank our pastors for allowing us to facilitate tonight's Bible study. Thank you to Bishop Eric D. Reynolds and co-pastor Rella R. Reynolds and House of Prayer. Y'all know we love y'all, so we just want to thank y'all for tuning in. Again, make sure that you're sharing this live with as many people as possible. Tag your family, your friends, Everybody in there who needs to hear this word, because I promise you, this is going to be a word from the Lord. Uh, listen, y'all, I don't know how to introduce this woman uh, because she wears so many different hats. You've probably seen her on uh, the Love Hour with Kevin on stage and his wife uh, and so many other things that she's been doing with Erica Campbell. Look up with Erica Campbell. Up, Erica Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> like she's literally killing the game right now as a Christian sexologist. Awesome. Yeah. Isn't she ranked number one? Isn't um, she the world's number one Christian sexologist? Okay. My bad. The number one Christian sexologist. <laughs> if, you don't know, then if you don't believe it, then Google her because Google will kindly let you know. Yeah, uh, I am Googleable. Was that what you said, Doc? I'm Googleable. Very Googleable. <laughs> So, Brittany, go ahead and tell us about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, uh, Dr. Shonda, Chanel, my trip. I mean, you know, Bishop, go past if you didn't know you got triplets. That's what it is. But, you know, that's um, I am a Christian sexologist, the number one Christian sexologist, as you said. I am a lover of God and his people. I was called to do this work in 2016. And I've been doing it ever since. I'm a licensed social worker in addition to uh, Christian sexology. And I wanted to really begin to shift the narrative as it relates to believers and God's heart for sex intimacy and relationships. I believe that sex is important or should be important to the body because it's very clearly important to God. As we see in the garden, the first commandment God gave Adam and Eve as husband and wife was be fruitful and multiply. And mm -hmm. although with all the technological advancements, I don't know no other way to multiply mm -hmm. if not through <laughs> sex. And I think just like in the garden, one of the enemy's greatest tricks is confusion. Mm -hmm. And he started the confusion with Eve and he continues it today, particularly in this arena of sex and intimacy. So the work that I do is to bridge the gap between the science and scripture of human sexuality to reconcile Christ or reconcile believers back to the beautiful gift given to us by our creator. Love that. Well, I'm excited. And listen, 
we were telling Brittany backstage that the House of Prayer is a word church. Like they love the Bible. They love the word. So she's going to bring it today, y'all. So pull out your Bibles and let's go. Yes. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we have Brittany Brodus. Right after she uh, discusses the scripture, we're going to come back in with a few questions. All right. Are we all good to go? I, I believe that's, I believe, yes, we're good to go. Welcome. Thank you so much, um, House of Prayer, for again, for having me. And as uh, Chanel said, I know that you all are a word church. So we are really going to get into that today. So yes, you saw the title, Sex, the Saints, and Salvation. So the core of this is what we think and believe about these things. And particularly for singles, what does that mean for our life as we're walking this thing out, right? And so this passage, Matthew 6, 25 and 34, it's a very familiar passage met with Matthew 6, 33 being one of the things that we quote all the time. But really this passage, this section is Jesus speaking and it really is um, really at this core of one of the things that really eats away at us as believers is worry. Right. And so you're like, oh, we this Valentine's Day, we ain't talking about sex. What worry got to do with it? Worry has everything to do with it. Before we can talk about abstinence, before we can talk about lust, before we can talk about, you know, sex and pleasure and all those things. Do you believe who God says he is? And so really, as we go through this, this passage, I really want you to begin to consider the answers to these three questions. Do you love him? Do you know him and do you trust him? So let's start. We're going to start right here at uh, verse 25. So get your Bibles out. If you have it on your heart, your hard Bible, your phone, you, you know, wherever, wherever you got, wherever you are, pull it, Google it. If you have to, to pull up the passage, we're going to start. Um, we're going to start at the beginning. I'm, I'm reading verse 25. Therefore, I say unto, say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. And I'll push this one little bit further. If I could, if I could take a bit of scriptural liberty and say, is not singleness more than what you get to do with your body? Or is it not more than your relationship status? And this word worry, right? If we look at it in the original sense, it's more than just this anxiety and things that we know it to be, but it's really a, it's said to be um, a distraction, a preoccupation with things that then cause the anxiety, distress, and pressure, right? And Jesus is speaking against this worry because he's careful. He's a watchful savior. He loves us. He's mindful of us. And when we are distracted by fear, by anxiety, by worry, by measuring up with that, which the world says we should have, it distracts us from what we should be focused on, right? And if we look at, um, again, in chapter in verse 25, is the worry about your life, right? Our life in, in as much as what we, how we exist, yes. But more specifically, the life in this more, I guess I would even call it this more existential way, right? Life in your desire, in your needs, in your expectations, in your wants, in your future. That is what life is more than whether the living or breathing. Yes, we know that he's going to meet our needs. He's not going to let us go hungry, right? 
we say it all the time, I've not lacked, right? But really, when you think about the life in totality and all of the nuances of what makes you who you are, why you exist, where you're going, don't worry about those things because there is nothing concerning you that God is not concerned about. So again, I ask you, do you know that about him? And are you taking him and trusting him at his word? Verse 26, and if we, as we really get through, I'll read through 26 and uh, up to 33. That's really where we're going to park a little bit. But Jesus, you know, he likes to speak in parables and he, you know, he likes to, you know, Jesus, and he also got a little, you know, we love the Lord, but he got a little mouth. He got a little smart mouth about him because he keeps telling us this over and over again through this passage in different ways, getting more and more almost preposterous as he goes along to really highlight how ridiculous, unbecoming, and unnecessary worry is for us as believers, right? So it says, look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Right? On the sixth day, God uh, looked at humanity when he made them and saw all that he had made. And not just said it was good. He said it was very good. He had already made the birds. And then he made us and was like, yeah, yeah, I'm, 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 it's humans for me is what Jesus said, right? You have to forgive my kid. I apologize. Um, but so he's reminding you, are, are you not more valuable than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? Are you going to get taller? Are you going to be better? Are is your situation going to change in any way, shape or form? And let me bring it home, Brittany. And those watching say hallelujah out if you can if you can uh if you think if you've been in a similar situation, worrying about your next relationship and whether he's gonna be tall enough, make enough money, or whether she's gonna fit inside your family's life, is worrying about that man gonna make him is that, the more you worry, the closer he's gonna get to six feet, the more who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You worry, man, a guy, the closer this woman that you're worrying about, is she going to be a better mother because of how much you worry? No, it's fruitless. It's fruitless to worry. And even go so far as to say it's unbecoming of a believer to worry. Right. So it continues. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. We love that song, Jairi, that if he dresses the lilies in beauty and splendor. Right. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say it to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If God is concerned about the way the flowers look. Like, I think it's one of my favorite movies is called Purple and in the, the, the play. Uh, one of the lyrics of the song says, I think, I think it upsets God if we walk past purple in the field and not acknowledge it. We know that God was very intentional in the way he handcrafted this earth, the beauty that is in there, that we we have it, this pleasure to behold, right? And He, if he did that with the world, the world that has no reason, the world that he had given no command but to serve him, the world bends to his, his will. And by the word, I mean, nature, the wind, 
He put the sun where it wanted to be. He put the oceans where he wanted to be. They, the, the creation, everything but humanity is here to bend to his will. But he gave us free will. He gave us, he gave, he made us more importantly, he made us his image bearers. There is nothing else on this earth that can say that they are image bearers of Christ, of God. In the Imago day, we are his image bearers, right? And if he take care of all of the concerns of all of those things that don't bear his, his face or his name or his image or his likeness, what makes you think he would give you any less? And for this, particularly for us singles, it is this, we always have to be, right? We always have to perform, right? We always have to achieve, right? Y'all have the beauty of being led by amazing, accomplished individuals, right? Especially amazing, accomplished Black individuals. And you know, it's, it's not lost on me that we're talking about, we're having this conversation on the day of love in Black History Month. And so we honor Black love, we honor Black achievement by way of your, your leaders and their family and you see it. And so it's like, there's it's natural to say, how do I measure up? It's natural to say, Lord, where is mine, right? It's, and for some of us, even natural to say, Lord, why me? When we think about what we don't have or what we, when we see life going around us and that social media gets bigger, right? Every day we have in our hand visions of what we want or what we don't have, right? And so, and if that's being so, right, all of those feelings that you have is natural. So please understand this is not a beat up session. Having concerns or thoughts or hopes or wishes or desires for the future is normal. But when that worry, like the, like in the original, when that worry becomes a distraction, when that worry begins to have you sit in feelings and then they become manifestations of behaviors that are ungodly. That's where we have the issue, right? That's where the rub comes in, right? Because God understands that as humanity, we have feelings. He, Jesus being 100% God and 100% man was tempted at all, all costs yet did not sin, right? Jesus, in the he was before... Before he was crucified, praying, bleeding, sweating, tears, all the things. Lord, God, if it be your will, let this cup pass me by. You think he wasn't concerned about what was getting ready to happen? You think he just wallied up, uh, uh, stumbled upon the cross like, oh, okay, let's go. Let's see what this is about. No, he had those feelings yet did not sin. He did not allow his fear, his angst, his worry, his concern his will distract him from what he was called to do. And he, he surrendered his will to God, recognizing that desire and discipline can coexist, said, nevertheless, thy will be done. So now we go to um, verse 30, where it says, now if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven. Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Right. And this word little is interesting because it's not so much a matter of value. Right. Because when we think about faith, what does God say? The type of how much faith we need to have for him to move on our behalf. The side of the must of a mustard seed. 
And you can imagine how small a mustard seed is. So this little faith isn't so much a lack of, but un, but a undeveloped faith. It's a faith that is present, but has not shown the fruit of test being tested. Right. It's a, it's a, it's a, a elementary faith, if you will. Right. And it's because it's again, that, that faith, that intersection of those three questions, do you love him? Do you know him? Do you trust him? Right. And pushing back against that distractive, distracting worry, because if you know, or if you love him, what does he say? You keep my commandments. If you know him, then you, then what, you know, all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And if you trust him, then you know that what your present circumstance, no matter how positive or in your view, negative it may be, will work out for you. You're good. You trusting him at his word. You're trying him at his word. So this under this little faith, this undeveloped faith is, it's, it's us who've been in situations where we have not tried God at his word yet. So let's keep going. Um, Therefore, do not worry saying, what shall I eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For all the thing, all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly father knows that you need all of these things. What am I going to drink? What am I going to wear? Right. So that's our basic needs. If we look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? I threw that in there for Dr. Shonda because you know psychology. But we think about the hierarchy of needs. Like we know food, clothing, and shelter is at the like literally the base level, right? But then we go up a couple notches. And where we are as single people, sometimes it's that need for love and belonging. It's where intimacy lies. It's where sex and pleasure lies, right? And so that is a need as for our overall human development, which is what we talked about in the beginning. And that word life, it is all that comes with you. So yes, so uh, metaphorically, are you worried about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink? Yeah. For some people, depending on your financial circumstance, you may literally be worrying about where my next meal going to come is going to come from. But for some of us who are a little bit far removed from that, where's my next partner going to come from? Will I ever have a partner? Has my past counted me out? Right? I didn't I didn't hold on to God's unchanging hand by way of abstinence or virginity. Am I am I filthy? Am I am I trash? Will anybody ever love me? I have a, I have a bunch of kids with different people. Will anybody in Will anybody ever love me? Can I find love? Do I have to just take these dating after it's pee in the dating pool, right? We say that all the time. And that calls in the question, do you love him? And that's for those people who decide I want to take them. I want to take matters into my own hands. I'm going to hedge my bets. I'm going to pad the stakes a little bit because my outlook is looking kind of bleak. I'm so worried that I'm distracted from what God called me to, right? And I'm going in opposition of, if you love me, you'll keep my commandment. Do I know him, right? Do I know him enough to know his character, his goodness, that he would not, that God is not a man that he should what? Lie. So if he said it, we must believe it, right? We get a lot of these colloquialisms and songs that we say, Right, but are they begin? I feel I fear we're in a season in our lives where that's they're losing its strength. 
because we're saying it, we're singing it, we're putting it to a little, we're putting, you know, making it that perfect verse over a tight beat, but it's not penetrating our hearts because we're not trusting him. We're not trying him at his word. So don't worry about what you will eat, what you will wear, where your next meal will come from, if you will succeed in that business, if your children will be safe, if your health will improve, if your relationship will, if that marriage um, that you left would be restored, or if you, that marriage that you left that you should have never been in to begin with, if God has better for you on the other side. What happened to you, the, one of the, the greatest and particularly in this area of intimacy and relationship, then we're definitely, we're going to get there because I know you're like, why? If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. While we talk about this, I came here for the sex. We're going to get there. Stay with me. One of the greatest areas of confusion that we see with the enemy is when he convinces believers that who they are is what they've done. Who they are is what they've been through. Who they are is what has happened to them. It confuses and convinces us that we do not have identity in Christ. That it forgets the behold, all things have become new. It it makes us begin to believe that the blood, that the cross is bankrupt somehow. And that everything that we should get because of mercy, that we deserve to get because of mercy, we don't. And in everything that we experience and are blessed by that really shouldn't we shouldn't be nowhere in the vicinity of because of grace we had and that is what that's what sin that's what worry that's what confusion does it calls into question the character of god and it convinces that that we can no longer take him at his word so why is that important to sex intimacy and relationships Because every day as a single person, you have to navigate this world with responsibilities solo. And if you and then throw in some children, if you happen to be single with a child, now you got to navigate this world and then you got a human that you're responsible for. And and personally, as a mother of of, um, a person who's experienced divorce and a mother of two and back in the game for the first time in a decade, I was married for 10 years. And so Matthew 6, 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things will be added to you. It's like, how, Sway? How? When my circumstance says, I got to get, I got to get my hands in it. And here's the other thing, because I know this is a lot. I know I'm not the only one. The more capable you become, the less faith you have. And so that's why this passage here or this scripture here, that's why this scripture here is key because it says, seek first the kingdom of God. And here's how we know if you out of order with that. You go, you go to work, you find out that just happened at Google not too long ago. They woke up the morning, tried to log in, couldn't log in. They find out after some hours that they've been laid off. 
you in that situation, what's the first thing you do? If the answer is not pray, then you know we got some work to do. And again, this is not a beat up session. This is understanding that we as believers have fallen victim to what we have access to. So somebody, if I get laid off first, I'm calling my best friend. I'm calling my brother, right? I'm calling my sister. I'm calling my girlfriend. I'm calling somebody. And then I'm going to pray once it's all over. We have to get out of the habit of using God as the cleanup person, as the last resort. After we've done all that we can, all right, God, now it's your turn. He's not the, he's not the, uh, he's not the relief pitcher, right? He's not the, I want to use some type of football reference for Chanel, but I have nothing. He's not the people that the third string, I think that's right. He's not that. He is first. He is the star. He is the, he's, he's not even a quarterback. He's the coach. But are we seeking first the kingdom of God? Do we love him enough to, to spend time? Because when you seek something, right? When you love somebody, you want to be in a era, area. You want to be in a spirit, seeking first his kingdom, right? And then this is the B clause. We like to, you know, believe we like to skip the B clause sometimes. And his righteousness. What is God's righteousness? His character. How do you know his character? How do you get to know the attributes of God? Reading his word. So now he's calling us to spend time with him. Find out who he is. And then the last part, and all these things will be provided for you and take him at his word. Do you trust that he is going to do what he said he was going to do? Not what you want him to do. Not what you prefer. Not what you decided was better. Not what you can take. All these things, all, every single last thing in your whole entire life, whether it be the your everyday needs, or the love of your life, in his time, he will do it. Do you trust that? And lastly, we'll close with, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. And this is the thing that really gets me. And I don't know if this is good to anybody else, but do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And where we ought to, the place, your place to praise is that today, is the tomorrow today is the tomorrow that you were worried about yesterday and look at you kept held living breathing loved another opportunity forgiven another opportunity to get it right you thought that thing was going to kill you but look at you still breathing you thought that thing was going to take you out but look at you more more further in your career than you was before you thought that scandal was going to decimate you and look at you, your, what you've been through has been a testimony to somebody else. So I want to encourage you to ask yourself when you're done watching this, do I love him? Do I know him? And do I trust him? And so I want to talk for a few minutes. That's what I have. And I want to talk for a few minutes with what that, what any of that has to do with sex, intimacy, and relationships. Because the reality of it is holiness is still right. But purity has been hijacked. And one of the culprits in that hijacking is the worry that we have for our future, particularly as it relates to intimacy and relationships. My God. Wow. <laughs> Listen, Brittany, I, I wish you could have saw and heard us 
while yes. you're going off because Chanel and I are in two different rooms. So all you all you can hear is like us like screaming at each other like oh my gosh. <laughs> Listen, you put your foot in that. Mm. No, I feel God. That was amazing. I know that one we we called it, we came here to talk about sex, but I feel like particularly because it's the singles ministry that like yes. we got bigger fish to fry, but yeah. also, but also. But also sex, but the bigger fish. Yeah, because here's the thing, right? So, and I'll leave, I I know we have to wrap up soon, but I'll leave folks with this, right? When we think about the hot button issues, right? As singles, abstinence, lust, pleasure, right? What do we, how do we do that? When you find yourself, and this is still those questions, do you love them? Do you know them? Do you trust them? When you find yourself asking, can I masturbate? Is sex before marriage a sin? Mm-hmm. We have moved into this place, and I saw this on social media not long ago, where we are asked, we've stopped asking, what must I do to be saved? And asking, what can I get away with and still be saved? Wow. And this is really not cool. beat up on anybody because desire is natural. Yeah. God created your body in the garden. All of what we have and the way our erogenous zones and everything, because in his sovereignty, he told Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply. He said, have sex, right? But in his sovereignty, he did not have to also make it feel good. That w- And we know that God doesn't do anything by happenstance or coincidence. He made a conscious decision to create our bodies as sexual beings to receive pleasure. So those moments where you are alone and you're by yourself and you're horny, Am I allowed to say that? I'm sorry, Bishop. <laughs> and you're horny. You're ho- and here's the thing. Now, this is the thing. They're not going to, house prayer, you're not going to have me back after this. And I, and I understand. I love y'all. But if God created your body, he created your horniness too. Mm-hmm. But just like I said well, about Jesus in the garden, desire and discipline can coexist. And that is where lust is separated from natural desire. Right? And it was, it's a process. Your body, if you have eyes, you can see. So seeing something, seeing a sexual image, seeing somebody walk past you, because the thing is that the reality, Pornhub is the least of our worries. Instagram is the greatest sense of pornography in today. Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, not so much. Do people still use Facebook? I don't know. Um, okay. You're saying, like, you don't have to go billboards, radio, Hulu. And as parents, and if there's any parents watching, listen, I feel for you. I can't move fast enough to turn the stuff off the TV screen no more. They have. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, But the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Commercials for everything in between everything. And it's a shame. Right. But if you can see things, that is that's biology. Right. What you look at. Those are desires. Right. Uh, You make a conscious decision to turn and look at something. That's a desire. What you dwell on. That's where lust is birthed, because that is that's the sign of your priorities and your heart's posture. Mm -hmm. So lust and say, find walk somebody find walk past six five chocolate smelling like creep 
and I'm ovulating and I see him and I didn't search that man out and he accosted my eyes. I see him because I have eyes and I got my contacts in. So I see him real good. Okay. Right. And when if he walked past me and then I turn my head and look again, that's because he fine. I'm fine. And we should be fine together. <laughs> right. But when I take that visual of him at home and I begin to think impure thoughts about him and here's and here's the thing if the impure is too high. If I begin to objectify that man for my own personal sexual satisfaction or desire, that is when it becomes lust. And lust is possible inside and outside of marriage. Mm. That is what we confuse. And I, um, I had this graphic of the word lust and it's two a couple together where the weight of the the bar of the lust is on the man because in society we think lust is a male thing. We think masturbation is right. a male thing. But conversely, the same picture was with abstinence. The bar is on the woman because we only have the abstinence conversation with women. Mm-hmm. We only have the purity conversation with women, which is why I said it's been hijacked. Because here's the thing. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness is not gender specific. Mm-hmm. Mm, that part. Clean sexual immorality is not gender specific. Come on. And, and it's not relationship status specific either. So as you are preparing your heart and mind to receive what thus saith the Lord by way of your marriage and your first ministry, understand that, that, that the spirit of lust Marriage is not going to deliver you from the spirit of lust, nor the spirit of, or the the struggle Come with fornication. Marriage is not going to do. Marriage ain't going to deliver you from a thing. Come on. So what I'm hearing you say is you need to handle that thing before you get married. Before you get married, and here's why I worry, and this is why we're on the subject today. Handle because all of these things about you got to try it out first, living together. Like I need to make sure it's good. Do you do you love them? If you love them, you're going to keep your commandments. You The commandments of free sexual morality. And if you're not with your spouse, the bed of marriage is undefiled. Mm-hmm. And by that means the sanctity of marriage. Mm. That don't mean you can run amok and do what you want. Now, that's, there ain't no married folk here, so we're going to do that. For, we had that conversation for another day. Mm-hmm. But the, God honors marriage. And that is the covenant, the beauty of the gift of sex. Sex is a gift. It's not dirty. It's not none of those things, but it's set aside in the container and covenant of marriage for your good. Mm -hmm. And that's where the do you know him comes in, right? Because if you have God setting your life up in a way that presents him as anything but good or anything but holy, you don't know him. And your decision making should not be because you know better. When God says do this and you do that, you think you know better. When you lean on this thought, this this trend, this ideology, that's idolatry. Hmm. And what did he say? Our God will have, I will have no other what? God's before me. Hmm. And do you trust him when he says all things will be added unto yeah. you? All. All. So that means that those who have been single for a long time, you, you know, your genitals have been far from as far from other genitals as the east is from the west. First of all, I see you because we're in this struggle together. Praise the Lord. But also know that if you know him, love him and trust him, then seek him for how he wants you to navigate this thing. And the same thing with masturbation. If you decide, oh, I'm going to just masturbate to get me through this masturbation, I mean, this singleness season, you don't trust him. Hmm. Hmm. Because master, because abstinence 
is a heart postured to serve God in thought, word, and deed. It is God, I know what my flesh wants, but I know what you are requiring and I'm going to submit my will for yours. Mm-hmm. So bringing in something to keep you says that God is not capable of keeping you. Mm-hmm. That doesn't say it was, it's not, that doesn't say it's going, it's not going to be hard. That's not, that's not saying it's not going to suck. Like, like can we just call it, can we be, can we be honest? House of prayer? Like this, if, mm-hmm. if, if it were up to me, this would not be. Nevertheless, not my will, uh, but your will be done because it, because we have the blueprint, right? Jesus was submitted and obedient even unto what? Death. Mm-hmm. So are you going to be obedient even unto dry? Okay, I'm, I'm going to behave. I'm going to leave it. Amen. Hey, <laughs> My mind is just like spinning with so many, uh, with such revelation right now. It was so good. Like uh, using God as the cleanup person. That I don't was, know if I used to know, but that thing spoke to me. Listen, that was powerful. Okay. The clean, and I was, I was trying to remain holy and stay on track, but as I said it, I, Tyler Perry's uh, play came up. The clean, I bam. <laughs> Yeah, we're not about to. mm -mm, We're not doing it. I, yeah, and I know y'all saw the title. Y'all want to get. We will get real heavy on sex, but we have to have a foundation because here's the thing: you not if you are distract that worry, worry as a distraction that convicted even me. You know what I'm saying? And if I come in here and tell you pleasure is your birthright, which it is, I can tell you that delay is not denial. He will withhold no good thing from you. And there's nothing in the world greater than an orgasm. And we are as husband and wife, we are, that's the closest we'll get to when Christ comes back for his bride is when we are in that vulnerable, intimate connection between us, that covenantal space. And I can tell you that any type of casual non-married sex that you have, I don't care how good it is. I ain't been saved my whole life. So I've had sex that was amen, that wasn't, but I promise you, I ain't even like my ex-husband that good and I promise you that it wasn't, it did not compare. Mm-hmm. It did not compare and do not let the world convince you that you're missing out on anything. That's what that's what uh, Satan did with Eve. Mm-hmm. He said, did God really say that? Girl, you know good and well he said that. <laughs> <laughs> and don't convince yourself that he ain't say what he said because it don't fit where you are. Mm, that part. That part. His truth is not contingent on your circumstance. Come on. And if you don't hear nothing else I said today, if you were like, man, I want to talk about sex, his great take this, his grace is sufficient. But again, I'm gonna close with this. Do you love him? Do you know him? Do you trust him? Jesus, my God, that was amazing. Glory to God, yo, that was amazing. I hope we all bring oh it back. God. We can talk specifically about sex and bodies, right? I think we need a part two. I yeah. think so too. I think so too. My mind is blown right now, though. Yeah, like so much revelation poured out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we told Brittany that, like, you know, we we love the word, and she when the way she went into the text. And delivered. Oh my goodness. Yes. Oh my goodness. And I feel as though this wasn't Chanel, this wasn't just for the singles ministry, but no. married ministry can tap in here too. Everybody needs to listen to this. 
Single and married. My mind is blown. Yeah, this was amazing. (laughs) So, Brittany, you know, we had some questions to follow up with you, but we're going to save those for the next time. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that okay with you? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And a lot of them you already answered. So I was going to ask, like, is God sex positive? Mm -hmm. I mean, he he first commandment, the first commandment he gave Adam and Eve as husband and wife was be fruitful and multiply. So in the garden, in perfection before the fall, he said this. So we have no other choice but to see it as as good. And also, I would also say the devil wouldn't work this hard to pervert a thing that God didn't care about. Mm. He does work overtime to pervert over time. And we are so preoccupied with it. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody, nobody's like fighting to justify killing people. Like nobody, like, you know, like, okay, you know, murder's bad. Like we don't, like, we're not like, they're good murderers. Like I would have murdered before I, like, we don't care about that. Right. Mm-hmm. He would not work this hard because if God didn't care about it. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, and it's the confusion that he said, and that, even that word pervert, you can't pervert something that is inherently bad. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. People pervert that which is inherently good. Wow. And we and they put, he does it so that we look at God as less than good. Hmm. He loves us. He is a God. He's a good, gracious, graceful, loving God. He don't play. Like, he ain't no nut. Like, don't take him for soft. However, he loves us. Mm-hmm. He loves us that much that again he gave us sex. He gave us sex to continue earth, right? Procreation is the primary reason why God created sex. Well, there's no if ands or buts about it. That's why he did be fruitful and multiply. Take care of what I the fruitfulness, take care of my creation, and then make more of you to take care of my creation, right? Mm-hmm. But we know that intimacy and pleasure, or the part as I like to call it, partnership and pleasure, are also important parts of why he created sex. Because he did not have to make it feel good. There are animals on this earth that there's like, a, I forgot which animal it was, but when they, when the the male parts come out, there's like spikes that come out of it during ejaculation and it's painful to the receiver, mm. right? There's, there's animals who they have sex one time and then die. Like he didn't do that for us. He gave us the clitoris. He gave us the frenulum. He gave us other erogenous zones, right? And he's so good that he said, these are going to just feel good. Sexual pleasure is in the container of the covenant because of the where it could take you. But I will give you five senses so that until you get there, you can have other pleasure that doesn't, that falls outside of uh, sexual pleasure. Mm-hmm. 
And even in your marriage. Go ahead. I was going to say, can you speak to that a little bit more? The five senses that can help believers um, maintain pleasure outside of sex. Absolutely. Let's finish your thought first, but then, yeah. No, that's why I, I was getting ready to go to. And I made a post the other day about people who struggle the most with abstinence or um, desire discrepancy in their marriage are those who don't have, who lack, who those who lack non-sexual forms of pleasure, right? And I know that the physical touch as a love language has convinced you that you're sexually over the top, but that's not true. People who have physical touch as a love language, if they are only touched in sexual spaces, they actually feel less than, they feel deprived. And the thing is that where we are in our world, we need to be able to separate touch from sex, really bodies from sex. Bodies are not inherently sexual. We are sexual beings, but your bodies are not inherently sexual. We have to move away from that so that we can have engagements and community. We were created in community Let and for you. Let us make man in our image, right? And also it is not good for man to be alone. We were created in community and for community. But the again, that fracture, this fallen state is that anytime there's any type of connection between genders or even sometimes now, you know, the whole adage that you go to college and girls get together and, be, you know, doing whatever is because they want, doesn't want us, we don't want to commune. They don't want us to commune together. The enemy breeds and lives in isolation and secrecy. So mm-hmm. your five senses, you are able to see things that are beautiful. You're, you can touch things that feel soft. Your skin can feel things like upgrade your sheet count. Upgrade the quality of your body creams, right? Go get a massage. Go get regular pedicure, you know, and just for life, like just get a pedicure. (laughs) You know, whoever you are, just please don't be tearing up the sheets. You know, you don't want to get married and your feet is, and then you're tearing up the sheets. Like that's, you know what I'm saying? But that's what I'm saying. And make it a perfect, like one of the things I, we, um, to walk this walk out, the, the antithesis of worry or the antidote for worry is peace, Right. And so P is the acronym P. You want to prioritize your values over what's popular. Stop trying to keep up with the Joneses. Stop, you know, thinking that crossing your own boundary is an investment in something good. It will never, it will always come back void. Mm-hmm. Crossing your own boundaries, allowing other people to cross your boundaries will always come back as an investment that will always come back void. You will never get a return on that investment ever. Right. You want to you want to educate yourself. Having moments like this, joining, listening to things like this, reading your word for yourself, reading other things, because if you think that the God of the universe is only contained in the 66 books of the Bible, do you don't don't know. We know that's our God. That's where we start. Mm-hmm. But there are people who are doing the will of the will of the Lord outside of the church. Right. You this I'll guarantee you about three, four people came to over there at the Washington Commanders came to Jesus. Because of Chanel's presence, right? Dr. Shonda is changing people's life. Every counseling session is given, is what you do for the least of these, right? So so don't pigeonhole God to the book or to the church. Mm -hmm. He's everywhere, right? Hey, you want to actively seek pleasure. And that's what we're talking about. Don't, pleasure is not a bad word. Pleasure is not inherently sinful, right? Actively seek pleasure. You sending that you up text, 
you you know you 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 know <laughs> you now we're talking something different right but if you are going out you're in, in um, experiencing new things you're traveling you're getting together with your friends you're going bowling everybody you go bowling with ain't bay you got to be able to just kick it Mm-hmm. Everything is not courting because that again is also objectification. If everybody that crossed your path, you assessing them for their marital capacity, you're looking at them as an object that is feeding your purpose alone. And I wonder, are you the lover that the lover of your dreams will want? That part. That part. Respectfully. Respectfully. Okay. So think about things that taste good, that feel good, that look good, that smell good. Clean your house. Light the candles, not the Bath and Body Works one. Those are toxic, right? Find a black-owned candler that, that cares about your inside. Okay, like like clean up. Okay, like those are things that's that's pleasure. When we see pleasure beyond orgasm, beyond stimulation, right? That is where we see the fullness thereof. Like right, mm-hmm. that's how we are able to be of good cheer, right? That is how we are to count it all joy, right? Mm-hmm. That's how we like think it not strange, right? All of the things, because life is hard. Life is hard. But there is something about the single life where Paul wouldn't have said, I wish that all men were, all of y'all were like me, right? Paul had his stuff with him. We know we don't gotta get into that. But there's something to be, and the thing is that if you walk around lamenting on everything that you don't get to do, which is the only thing that you don't get to do is have sex when you're single, you are living a life beneath your royal access. Mm-hmm. Because there is nothing. That there's God does not position married people higher than single people. Mm-hmm. We yeah. are all we are all the same. We just serve Him differently. And having been on both sides, I've been a base and a bow, okay, <laughs> and I've learned to be content in all things. Amen. So, see if you want to communicate your needs and wants. Make sure you are intentional as you are actively seeking pleasure. Make sure you are intentional about speaking up. There's a lot of things that we endure un- unnecessarily because we don't speak up. Mm-hmm. So Catholic is your permission to tell that friend, stop calling me, stop, stop and the little things. If my text, my phone <coughs> Dr. Shonda, is on do not disturb, don't put alert anyway. I don't like that. I just say I put it on do that. I mean, I'm going to do it. <laughs> but don't do that. Speak up and say that. That man that keep that only call you with a day's notice for a date and you know in your heart of hearts he done figured he done all everybody else canceled on him so now you're his uh consolation prize but you're just so happy to be here no don't do that listen if you want to go out with me i need a week's notice because i'm busy period <laughs> and if and then on day if he call you day five and you bored you can't let you cross your back because people take people take their cues on how to respect your boundaries from you yeah if you don't they won't Right. And then the last E is you want to eliminate the scarcity mindset, which goes back to our text about worry. At least he, at least she, as long as they, all of that is scarcity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If I could just, 
all of that is scarcity and is unnecessary. And the word that my study Bible says, unbecoming of a believer, you are a child of the king. My God. And he said, all things will be added unto you if you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And I'm going to bring it down for the nine Bible scholars, right? Pull up, <laughs> act right, and I got you. That's what it says. That's basically what it is. <laughs> Summarizing, that's what it says. <laughs> Pull up, act right, and I got you. Listen, that's the characteristics of my God. So Okay. <laughs> we think and praise him for it. Period. <laughs> Well, let me tell you, uh, Sister Minister, Doc, soon to be Dr. Brittany, <laughs> you have literally blessed us today. Um, it's been amazing, like so much revelation that you shared. Chanel, what, what do you have to say? I'm so sorry. I'm getting a call from work. But listen, Brittany, the way that you broke down the text, the way that you provided points, revelation but you also like broke it down in a way that's understandable for married people single people young people like it was amazing and i said in the beginning that this is a word church and you delivered well beyond that period so we definitely have to have you back um <laughs> yes yes for part two so stay tuned house of prayer for part two of the saints sex and salvation with christian sexologists none of them yes. y'all we appreciate you so go ahead and if you have a chance i want y'all to uh send a cash app offering to H-O-P-C-O-D, put in the notes section uh, for tonight's Bible study or for minister, uh, Sister Brittany Brodus, um, so that we can be a blessing to her life. We know that, you know, an anointing like this is definitely something we cannot pay for, but we just want to show a token of our love. So I want y'all to give, 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 because this is where uh, we, we want to encourage her. We want her to continue the work that we are, that she is doing. Um, Brittany, what, what else do you have coming up? Um, we, you know, really trying to get this dissertation done, <laughs> but as far as far as the intimacy firm, so really like if you want to learn more about me or were interested in anything that I said, the intimacy firm.com is where I do, um, or if you're not following me on Instagram at intimacy firm, but you know, prepare your spirit because this is, this was, this was my, we really, we, we really go there uh, <laughs> on my page. But really, again, like just know, I hope that you all were able to see that my heart is Jesus above everything. Right. And really, as we have this pursuit of Jesus plus nothing is really the work I do. And again, as I said earlier, trying to bridge that gap between the science and the scripture of um, of sex. So, yeah. Period. I love it. Did I spell that correctly? The intimacy firm? Yes. Okay, awesome. So make sure you guys check her out. She has like a bunch of like books and study guides about our bodies, sex, and what that means as believers. Y'all, again, the number one Christian sexologist, Brittany Brodus. We can't wait to have you back. <laughs> yes, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> um, Brittany, would you mind closing us out in prayer? Sure. Lord, Heavenly Father, we come to you in this day, Father God. Thank you and praise you for your grace and your mercy, Father God. We thank you so much for the opportunity to come together with like-minded individuals to grow in your word, Lord. We thank you that we have the opportunity to even read your word and learn more about your attributes and your character, God. And we thank you that even if 
for any of us who are at a point where we do have that undeveloped faith, where we're at that point where we are kind of stuck in our worry, or we're at the point where we are doing things that may not necessarily align with your will for our lives, Father God. We thank you that you are so patient with us, that you bring us to you and you beckon us to come to you, not to hide, God. And we know that the enemy will want us to rest in shame, that the enemy will want us to hide like Adam did in the garden. But just like you were ever present in the garden, even in their sin, you are ever present right where we are, Father, right where we are, Lord. You never move. It is us that stray away, God. And you still welcome us back every single time with open arms, God. So right now we come against any of that distracting worry. We come against any of that fear, God. And there is somebody right now listening who has made, who've done something that they are not proud of, God. Open your arms and give their spirit no rest till they come back to you, God. Come back to you repentant, God, but come back to you confident that you will wrap your arms around them and love on them. Because as your word says, what can separate us from the love of Jesus? Not Ain't no thing can separate us. So whatever that thing is, God, that is on their heart, God, we bind that up. We we cast out the enemy of shame, of hurt, of anger, of depression, of anxiety. And until we meet again, God, I pray that you rest your spirit on House of Prayer, God, on Bishop and Co-Pastor, on Dr. Shonda and Chanel, God, their family, everybody who's listening, God, dispatch your angels to where they are right now. Turn uh, your word because you are concerned about us, Father God, and we know that you will perfect that which concerns us. So pet, perfect that which concerns House of Prayer corporately, their leaders individually, and their family personally. In Jesus' name, we love you. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> and Brittany, we love you. We can't wait to have Ooh. you back. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day, y'all. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. All right, y'all. Until next time. See y'all. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.